What's up, everybody? Um, this week's episode, we had on my friend from college, Mr. Ryan Hunt. We had a really uh, deep conversation about all that's going on in the world and his experience, our experience with it. Um, the backdrop of this conversation was based on the documentary The 13th, which is a Netflix documentary. I highly suggest you watch it. It will blow your mind. Um, and then listen to this episode because we get a lot more out of it if you do watch that documentary. Um, so it's called The 13th on Netflix. Highly recommend. If you don't listen to it or watch it, rather, you'll still get a lot out of the episode. So I hope you enjoy. Thank you. The Outrageous Fun Podcast. <laughs> That's not it. Are you ready? The Outrageous Fun Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to cross my arms and but... feel terrible on the inside. <laughs> wow, dude. Dude, that's, that's electric. <laughs> What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? This week, we are delighted to bring on a brother from my fraternity, a good friend of mine from the good old college days, Mr. Ryan Hunt. A little round of applause for Mr. Ryan Hunt. Definitely thank you, that. thank you, thank you. Me and Hunt go back to the crazy <clears throat> party boy days of our college youth, and... Yep. yep. We got along on day one. <laughs> we really did. We really did. And I am so happy to have you here. Hunt reached out to me um, after listening to JJ and Jordan's interview. Um, he said that he resonated with him a lot and he was, you know, I loved it. He enjoyed it, exactly. So, you know, a week or two went on and I was thinking, like, I want to keep hearing from my friends because it's crazy that I've known you for this long. Like, me and you have never had a conversation about what we're about to talk about. So, yep, yep. I really wanted to hear his perspective. So, thank you for joining us. And let me, let me just say, <clears throat> <laughs> I, I always knew I would be on this podcast, I knew it. <laughs> I always knew I was coming. I just didn't know. I just didn't know it would be for this. Oh my gosh! Wow! But I knew. I knew this day was coming. Yeah, I'll tell you I when I said, met you. Yeah, when I, I met said you. It. Yeah, you you did say it. But I remember when I met you at your birthday party. I was like, we're so having that kid on the podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's no way we don't find a reason. Too to an electric. Podcast. Too electric of a person to too, not have you. Oh my god, Captain Andy would it. be the word. I love right? it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um. I don't know if we want to... Do we want to do like some more intro stuff before we just get so heavy? Um. Well, I know you said you wanted to... There was something you wanted to start off with. You wanted right. to um, yeah. get into that and we can kind of see where that takes us. Well, we will because it's funny. It's funny because... <laughs> I, I just put you on the spot, but... I mean, no, no. Yeah. That's what we call pimping someone out in improv. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, so... So uh, you wanted to say something, right? I have nothing to name offer. Name all 20 cities. And someone's just like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> Come on. Um... So I was saying, I was saying that um, I've had these talks, right? You've Sixth been having grade, these talks, yeah. I've been having these talks within my school. Because you're a teacher. Where I teach, yep. where I teach. Math, shout out. <laughs> shout um, out to math. I've had them with the sixth graders. I've had them with the seventh graders and the eighth graders, right? And every talk, and I'm, I'm, I can't lie, every talk, you just don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. And Damn. that's what I wanted to tell you guys, because we were saying like, oh, like, where do we want to start? Every time it's been different, you know? That's a really, uh, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Yeah. That's super and that true. And that happened to make sense you, because we literally were trying to figure out how to start. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's have been a perfect more time for that. That was, yeah. that was one of my first prefaces. My second one is... <laughs> I love you. I watched, so 
you you texted me yeah. and you were like, yo, we're gonna talk about the thirteenth on Netflix today. And um obviously I wanna do my homework and I've heard about it. Mm. I still haven't watched it. So I was waiting till my mom left. Um she visited yesterday. I was waiting till she left to watch it. Mm. And she wanted to watch the uh she she was like staying for one more thing. I was like, all right. So she wanted to watch the Bruce Lee doc, the 30 for 30. And I saw it was an hour and 40 minutes. I was like, you want to stay for an hour and 40 minutes? <laughs> She's like, hell yeah. I was like, well, like, I don't want to watch that and then have to watch the doc. So I was like, you want to just watch the, thir- the 13th with me? She's like, yeah, sure. My brother was on his way out and he goes, just letting you guys know prepare to watch something happy afterwards just just find something to make you happy right mm. mm-hmm. so we watched it and it was probably the second time i can remember my mom in tears damn dude i honestly not really surprised like it was yeah it, it, it was very heavy it was the- so it was so shocking. The it was other, shocking. The other time was when I came home for 9-11. Jesus. And then I see you're crying after watching this documentary. So my brother is saying, you need to watch something mm, happy afterwards. Yeah, yeah. He was not lying at all. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys like talk about it afterwards? No. Mm-hmm. It was late, but like, you know, my mom's like, all right, I'm going to get my things and like, I walked her to the car and I like I like hugged her. I was like, made sure she was okay. And I was like, you know, let me know when you're home and if you like, yeah. you know. And she's like, make sure you get some sleep. But I didn't sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, fuck, well, dude. I'm sorry. I did yeah. that to you. I feel personally <laughs> responsible for that. <laughs> no, I'm literally what? like, you're such a fucking asshole, Dylan. <laughs> like you had to give him homework before oh, he got No, but I think that's no, a good. Uh, no. That is a kind of a good segue to set up Shit. like what what that documentary is for like people who are listening. If you, I don't know if I think you would probably be able to describe it better than I could. Uh, Not the crazy thing is, now, well, I think the crazy thing is it's like, it's almost indescribable to see what I just saw. Yeah. So if I, we, you can't unsee, we wanted to that. talk about the 13th, which is the documentary on Netflix. Um, I have a quote from, cause I, I was like, how do I describe this when we're talking about it? If you hadn't seen it, like I would almost, I almost am planning on putting a warning on this. Like you should really watch this before we, yeah. you listen to You'll get a lot more out of it. Um, but did I write yeah, down it's, the, it's underneath music. If you want me to read it. Yeah. Read it. So the documentary, the documentary follow, uh, explains the 13th amendment to the constitution, which is, which eliminated slavery and involuntary servitude. Um, that's not it. Is that not what you wanted me to read? <laughs> oh, well. It's basically a documentary about the 13th Amendment, which yeah. was the abolition of slavery. And it says that there's like a loophole in that. Big loophole. Big yep. loophole, um, which says that slavery is basically not abolished if the person is a criminal. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So that's been exploited over the timeline to basically keep uh african americans enslaved as yeah, the documentary will sway you that's true yeah so the like the whole point is kind of that that the, it was written that way because slavery was such a huge part of the economy like it was the labor force yeah. was made so heavily of slaves that it gave a loophole that na- then enabled them to gain back that labor force essentially let me, by let me incarcerating go here, people. pretty much how would you describe it yeah um 
it's basically throughout the years the evolution of oppression yeah like for them to describe the things that were going on and how it was brilliantly changed yeah to sound so good but the undertone of the racially charged actions actions like control is crazy Mm -hmm. yeah and people don't think about that but it's it's all about how it's changed the evolution it's crazy yeah can i ask you a question also on off of that are these things that you understood before watching that documentary or no, did it, were they no. completely like, there were new concepts that explained things in your, like in about well, this stuff? It, it, it was good for, um, it's stuff I've always known. Like, Oh yeah. Like just coming from my background, I was known not to like Reagan times. It, it's like, it's like if you could um, go back in time, like where would you go? I would go nowhere. <laughs> if I can go back in time, if I had to, I would just go back to yesterday. Yeah. You know? You, I can't go back in time in the 60s, 70s, 80s. And that's when, that's when America was, quote unquote, so good. Mm-hmm. You know? There's a 90% chance I cried during this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting emotional. I mean, it was hard oh not my to God. last night. Last night, uh, that was like the most emotional I've ever, I've ever yeah. been watching a documentary. I watched Same. it twice. I watched yeah. it with he watched Emily. it twice. And we had to take breaks, and I watched it with you. I was you. Floored. I was like trying. To, I knew where you were gonna get emotional. I just was like wanting to support you. I was like trying to hide my face from Dylan the entire time. No, it was it was emotional. It was heavy. Yeah. I think the best just to. I don't know if everyone's feeling this way, but just to set it, I think let's talk about it as if like you've everyone has watched it that would listen to this because okay. i think like trying to explain it would be hard let's just like talk about sure. well, our I, reactions to okay it but i do think we realm. should i th- do think uh, one way to help people who haven't seen it follow along is if we're going to talk about things let's relay the statistics around them. yeah we do have them here we get open yeah. so we can kind of paint that picture for people because let's start yeah. here the, the film opens um and it says five percent of the world's population lives in the united states it holds 25% of the world's prisoners. So that concept, like, well, it doesn't address in that moment, like, African-Americans' role in that percentage. It's just talking about, like, do we really think that America is so filled with criminals that it should hold 25% of the world's prison population, mm-hmm. you know, in comparison yeah. to its actual just world shows population. shows there's something wrong with the There's something wrong with the system. system. Yeah. yeah. And then it goes to show you that Six percent of the U.S. population is African American, but forty point two three percent of the prison population is African American. And I think that we should uh, probably talk about that. Yeah, let's definitely talk about that. And you saw you saw in the doc how they got him in there. Yeah. And what they painted mm-hmm. black people to be, you know. Yeah. Yep. And that was probably that was probably the hardest. The like what the propaganda was saying you know it's just filled with so much hate Mm -hmm. it was like an early depiction in that like it was we we talked about predators super predators but before that it was that rapists rapists and african-americans were portrayed as like animalistic Mm -hmm. and it was like that savage Mm -hmm. animals that these savage animals and that image was like put in the white person's brain yeah and me and you talked about this afterwards joe of like 
when I saw that, like I almost felt that inside me, yeah. like as a white person. Like yeah. I almost felt that like I don't identify with that, obviously, mm-hmm. but like that is definitely something like deep in there fucking somewhere. Yeah. So we talked right. about, I, I don't know if you remember this from the last conversation that we had with Jordan and JJ, we kind of talked about things that we're doing without even thinking about it. Yeah. That's kind of like built into our like system person person just from generations of this like narrative that's been just pushed on mm-hmm. america mm-hmm. it's a and, stain yeah yeah it's and, fucking and we stale. literally in watching it like felt that like we we're like oh shit like i feel like i know what they're talking about even though i don't believe that like mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. was like yeah. such a weird realization it's, weird. it's ingrained it's yeah. the it's, it's the ingrained. white person walking down the street and crossing seeing a black man in front of him and crossing to the other stride mm-hmm. it's, 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 that's, exactly what that yeah. that's what that is that's what that is mm-hmm and it's like that depiction they talked about it one of the women said the depiction of black people in media being criminals is infinitely higher than the reality of like how many black people are criminals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like news mm-hmm. story cops the show cops it just shows black people in handcuffs black time. people mm-hmm. in handcuffs black people in handcuffs and when you see that you the person who's consuming it is then saying Black people are dangerous and they're criminals, and that's put in your brain. So then you go out on the street, yep. and you already have that assumption in the world. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. reinforced like muscle memory. Yeah, you're being shown this thing. You're not. It's not like you're studying it and trying to convince yourself of it, but like you see something enough and you just believe it, or like, you, you know, don't even have to believe. it. You know how many times I've been described as big and scary, not big, not athletic, big and scary. Oh, I saw a big. Sorry, you scared me. It's just big, scary black guy. So many times in my life. So many times. When and that's that that's that ingrainment they don't even know that it's not like they were like were going out of the way but it was it's just one of those things where it's like damn would you have said that if i was not black mm-hmm. probably not because i could be sitting in a room and if they don't expect me there oh shit sorry you scared me what and it's just it's just having that presence there's it comes with a presence of being black you just have a feeling where you're just like oh do they think i'm a threat yeah i'm i'm six three two twenty do do they have a problem with me because of my stature because i'm a big black man painted as aggressive you know we see that i mean you see the example with odell right odell versus brady Odell is angry. He's acting like a child. Mm. Brady's passionate. And don't get me wrong, I love me some Brady. But that's just <laughs> that's just what we we've noticed, you know. Yeah. Called being called thugs. And then when a white counterpart does the same thing, it's like oh, misunderstood or yeah. You know, he's just at a bad place. Let me ask you, backtrack a little bit. The the big and scary comment. Yeah. That when that has, you said it, it has happened like so many times to you. How has your reaction to that changed as you've gotten older? Is it the same? Do you, do you react it's at all? It's changed. It's changed, I'd say. I would say it's, it always clicks in my head. Yeah. It's like, damn, another one. All right. It's, it's something that, it's sad to say, but I've normalized, you know? Yeah. Jesus. It's it's normalized in my brain. Someone says that, I'm just like, oh. Uh. Do, yeah. you, do you hold, like, do you remember 
if it's somebody that you frequently see, like, is that something that you in, like group in with that person every time you see them? Like, is that something that stays with you in your opinion of that person? Or does it strike you as something that like they, they don't even realize they did, but you wish they were smart more, enough to know not to say shit like that or really most of the time, way? most of the time I don't hold it. I don't hold it to them. Mm. You know, most of the time I don't think about it unless I think about things like this, you know, mm -hmm. When we have these conversations, it's like all these little markers in in my life have been like, oh shit, yeah, oh wait, that that one too, and you just start thinking about all the times it's happened. You're like, wow, that's crazy, you know. Mm -hmm. So immediately, I don't really think about it. If I see them again, I don't really think about it. But like when I do think about it, it's like, oh wow, it's there. Were and you it's heavy? How have the last month been for you? Draining so tiring um it's like one one incident happens you're like oh my gosh and then it's just this avalanche snowball effect of just all this piling on more more killings just yesterday in atlanta at the wendy's um and then you're just like again like you, you it's just draining you just like please like if you see what's going on right you see what's going on do you think it's the wisest thing to shoot the shoot the man yeah at this moment i don't i don't know if you're so afraid of your life when you have how many other partners with you that you had to shoot the man a deadly shot too it's not even, you know, not like shooting the leg and slowing the leg or something. Always deadly. So everything piling on, it's just, it's, you see, you see yourself, you see like, oh damn, that could have been me, you know? Yeah. I always think that. I always think that. What mistake will I make where someone doesn't like it and they call the police and it's not de-escalated? and things things go wrong i'm a 6'3 220 black man he's probably gonna see me and be like oh shit hold on you know yeah so with that being said it's like i always see myself in those positions and that's why i'm just like i'm, I'm saddened man it's just not stopping yeah it's not what have the conversations been like with the middle school kids? With the kids, it's been great. And it, it's funny because they're so, they have that innocence to them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they're just like, oh, it's easy. Like, we have to stop thinking, like, blacks have been oppressed. We need to stop hiding from the racism. And we need reform. Yeah. In a much simpler way i mean yeah. sixth graders mm. can only say so much right <laughs> yeah one dropped ideologies i was like oh, okay, what? <laughs> um <laughs> like, all right boy um but the the conversations have been good and i've been i've been saying the names it's about i'd say 60 names is a non-comprehensive list from 2014 it's about 60 names starts with uh eric garner and ends with George Floyd. And after I say them, I usually 
prompt the kids. I'm like, did you guys think that was long? And every time they're like, yeah. I was like, it was, right? And that's only, that's non-comprehensive, which means it's not complete. And it's only from 2014. This is going on since 60s. That's what the, you know, the documentary points out. That it's like, all right, national attention is a crazy thing right now because of its, of the backdrop against coronavirus. So people are like, oh, well, why didn't Obama talk about this? And why didn't we talk about it then? And it's just like now, you know, this has always been a conversation that needed to happen. Yeah. And this is mm-hmm. not just happening now. It's no, not. It's just it didn't still start happening. with Eric Garner on Staten Island in 2014. This is the time, like they said in the documentary, the guy grabs his phone and he points at it. And he's like, now we're able to film everything. Mm-hmm. So the cases are have to, you have to watch this. You don't have a choice anymore. Mm-hmm. But this has, like, he was like, let it be known that this has been an issue from slavery onwards. Yep. And he's like, and this, the 60s and 70s civil rights movement, there was a lot of holes we missed. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's still happening. And there's loopholes that we've been hidden. And it's still been happening since all this time. It's not only that there was holes that were missed during the civil rights movement. It's that everything that was done was still done with a loophole yeah. involved. Yep. And with it was never done with the intention of just ending it and like creating an equal playing field and making You're shit right. the right. You're right. It never was looked at the right way. That's what's so crazy. Question for you. Have you ever had any encounters with the police? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What has that been like? Um, very nervous. You know, it's nerve wracking. Um, for the most part, I stay as still as possible. Sir, everything. Um, I always change my voice. I always change my voice. Hi, sir. Oh, oh, I was speeding. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I try to sound as proper as I can. I move slow. If he asks for something, I'm not, I'm trying not to shake, you know? Yeah. Gotta be smooth with it. Um, but for the most part, I've been lucky and, you know, gotten tickets, but I haven't been killed. So yeah. that's like, that's crazy to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy to <laughs> say. That's crazy to say. Oh, I'm a lucky one. <laughs> I've survived today. It is crazy to say, dude. It's crazy. Are these things that, like, the way you deal with a lot of this stuff, are they things that you were raised to deal with? Or is most of it stuff you had to f- kind of figure out on your own? Um, My mom has been pretty good with educating me, you know? And that's been always uh, a blessing for me to know that, you know, these types of things are out there and have been going on, you know? And it's the combination of, me learning this at home and then going to predominantly white schools. So, you know, then you start experiencing it and you kind of see for yourself. So like, it's like one thing, it's always one thing. And a lot of people have been honest about saying like, this is the first time I've seen anything like this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I applaud those people, you know? If this is the first time, I don't care if it's your first time. I'm glad that you saw it in the first place. I'm glad someone it's reaching people now, mm-hmm. right? But for me, it's like you hear it at home and then you experience it at school. So you're like learning about it, you're experiencing it. And then through that, it's like piecing together. Okay, this is how I can navigate, you know, 
that's basically what I do. It's like, how am I going to navigate to in a dramatic way? But it's true to survive, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what growing up and learning about, you know, civil rights and the oppression of black people for years has kind of trained me to, I don't want to say handle, but to, you know, you know, you say like, you're, you're not mad or was it, you're, you, I'm just disappointed. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. It's like one of those mentalities, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not surprised. Yeah. You know? So. Damn. Sheesh. Um, going to Delaware and like our fraternity was mostly white guys. Mm-hmm. How was that experience for you? Well, when I decided I was going, going into Greek life, I was actually going to join a black fraternity, Omega Phi Psi. And, um, my friend Brandon was starting it. So I was like, word, I'm down. I, I want to do this, blah, blah, blah. And like, it, it was a lot to start it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, to get You guys all, were like starting going. a new fraternity. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So it was like, it was a lot, a lot going work. on. Yeah. And while that was going on, rush events started happening. And um, Brian Gallagher um, told me to come to Sig Pi. He was like, one of my boys from bio mm. he's like come check out sig pie and i also had uh Sigetus and ian right right from club on, basketball right on basketball and they're like come to sig pie it's a word so i was i went to sig pie and i liked it and i was like well these guys are here i have friends already and like as much as i'd love to be in a black fraternity um it's just not set up so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go here and, mm-hmm. he, and he told me he's like don't do it um like you're just gonna be like that token black kid to them blah 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 and i was like i like i i, I trust them you know i i trust sagittas and ian because they told me I, I was nervous about that i was like you know like am i what like what's what am i to expect and they're like don't worry like everyone's cool everyone's chill like they'll love you man like don't worry about that stuff i was like all right so I joined Sig Pi, and I believe it was the first week of pledging. I'm pretty sure we we made that group me, mm-hmm. and someone got blackout drunk. I don't remember who it was. Someone got blackout drunk and put N word hard R in there in the group chat. And Jesus, was, and I was, I was like, in that group chat. There was 13 of us in it. And I don't recall that. It, it happened. Christ. It happened at like like probably one or two in the morning. Jesus. And like no one put anything the whole next day, basically. It was just like silent. And I was like, okay. As you said that, I like slightly remember that. I it feel. was weird. It was weird. I was like, okay. That makes me disappointed in myself a lot because I was in that group chat. And it was a lot of, um, it was a lot of, bro, like, can I say the N-word? Like, how do you feel about it? And I, I do appreciate people that do ask me, 
But then as time goes by, you know, I think about it and it's like, why would you want to say it? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if you're asking if it's okay to say it, you probably shouldn't say it, Mm -hmm. you know? So. Did you confront it? What was said in that moment? I, I would always say I prefer that you don't. No, no, I mean, I mean in the group chat. Oh, the group chat yeah. incident? Oh, no, I didn't say anything. Really? I didn't say anything. I was like, what the hell? And so, I think someone later on was like, oh, my gosh, I was like, I was like blacked out or something of that nature. And I was just like, when then we just like kept it moving. I didn't say anything about it. What was like going on inside of your head, though, in deciding not to say anything about it? Like, were you, I was did like, you not want to make a stink because you didn't want to seem like... Yeah, it was the, It was literally the first week of pledging. So I was like, all right, well, I don't want to be that guy. So I'm just going to just brush it off and keep it moving. But, you know, thinking about it, I'm just like, it's just crazy. And yeah. growing up, I would be put in those situations, you know? You always hear, like, in social studies in high school and middle school when they do touch on slavery and in that video, you know, the N word said, and you know, you, you feel the eyes on you of how you're going to react. Mm-hmm. So it's always those situations where you're just like, uncomfortable, like, very, very uncomfortable. And, um, there was other incidents. I know, I know one, one kid was like black, blackout at a mixer and called the bouncer, the N word hard R. And I think, so I don't, I don't know if it's just from my crazy days of drinking or whatever, but I don't remember what I did, but I'm, I want to say that I confronted him. I was like, don't let me hear that again. And he was like, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. But I don't even know if that happened or not. I don't know. My memory's like not too clear on that, but I do know that it happened. Yeah. Did you, did you feel tokenism at with uh sig um you i would feel moments of it um you know especially probably playing on the the basketball team you know for the frat league they were like oh like hunt we need you and football too hunt we need you we need you like um i felt it then and you kind of get the vibes from some people, mm-hmm. you know. But other people, you don't get those vibes. I didn't get it with you, you know. But you get the vibes like, yes, like, I have a cool black friend, you know. And it's like. That's not like, what it's about. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So it's like, you. I would get those vibes from some people, but not others. So <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know either, man. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. It's It's crazy to think that it's just, it sucks that it it took something like this for me to like have this conversation with you, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like disappointed in myself that during my like crazy drinking days, I would just sweep that shit under the rug too. But I probably, I like to think that like I saw that and wanted to like also wring that person's neck because I've always been someone that like stands up for. Right. But like, I feel like I lost that person in myself for like a little bit and like mm-hmm. refound that. 
And I guess that's like a good thing that change occurred because you could just get like wrapped up in that shit. Of course, of course. But it's still like disappointing to hear that. Like I let that shit slide myself, which sucks. Because I definitely, I don't remember it either, but there's no way I didn't see that and be like, what the fuck? Like, who, why the fuck did someone do that? Mm-hmm. And then I right. like chose not to address it also. Well, that's where we're at now where it's like people need to start holding each other accountable. That's what right. Jordan said last, a couple weeks ago. That resonated with everybody. It was like, that's the only way anything's going to change is if people start holding each other accountable. Right. And luckily you are now in that place. So you've changed and you're looking at it the right way and you know what the type of person you have to be in these situations now like what would you say that the uh, something that we can do to like keep the progress going and keep like and get to like to set us on the track and like further the cause of like getting shit I'm a to big, where it um, needs to be I'm, I'm big into the mindset like I do like I do like you know the bills and like reform like if you can figure it out and it works try it but my big thing is the mindset i want people to just understand you know get that education and pass it on to the next generation and so on and so forth i think that's how we get rid of the racism virus it's like um you saw the coronavirus um what you call it the coronavirus uh graphic where it was like if you don't go to that barbecue like this people don't get infected mm-hmm. you saw like yeah if yes. you stop going out then all these numbers right that's oh the, this is such a teacher the, moment right now that's the same <laughs> that's the same thing with racism mm-hmm. you you educate dylan says something crazy right dylan says something crazy oh black people come on we they, they have enough come on they're, they're equal and then you'd be like not really right and then you educate them and now he's like, oh, shit. Well, I never saw it like that. So then now, instead of Dylan telling his kids, like, black people, are, you know, they complain a lot, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Now he's going to be like, actually, this is, where, this is why they're at where they're at. Yeah. Our history, our real history, right? So I think it's more the mindset where if you see it, you gotta you gotta squash it and i also say the finger pointing it it's a it's like a slippery slope because for someone to be uneducated on this and for it to be like it's been in our face for how how long right it's easy to see someone uneducated as being ignorant or stupid and if you come at them like that this is a teacher moment if you come at if you come at them like that they are not gonna listen to you yeah Mm -hmm. so as as far as it comes to educating the people you gotta like truly educate them you can't you can't oh come on bro are you kidding me with this shit and then you gotta go off on them and you go spit facts and it's it is out of passion. Like, I think that's that's lost too. It's like it's not because like you really think this person is like dumb or whatever, but you're just so you just see it and you're just like, How could you not see this? Right? 
So you're like getting hyped up. And that, I'm tell you, that will shut a person down so quickly. Mm-hmm. We, we have said that before. That shut, shut a person down so quickly. So instead of educating them and then thinking about it, you're going to say one little thing, too aggressive. And they're going to shut them down. And, and listen. anything you say, nothing. They're mm-hmm. not going to hear it. Right? Yeah. And then um, the cancel culture, it kind of goes with the same thing. This person's canceled. Um, with celebrities, I don't really care. Cancel them if you want. They're still <laughs> they're still gonna get their money, right? Um, but with family members or friends, you gotta let them cancel you. Say your auntie on Facebook, right? Auntie's on Facebook and she says something crazy. Oh, I'm going to unfollow her now. Oh, great. So whatever you post, she's not going to be able to see, you know? You got you to gotta take that high road in, in that sense where it's like, all right, I'm not going to unfollow her because whatever I post, she won't see. And I have I have hardcore evidence right now from this off of things that I posted on my story and giving people insight. And giving people some knowledge. And I've never thought those people would be heard. So with that with that mindset of if I saw that that person post something and be like, ah, I'm gonna unfollow him. Not worth my time, he's an idiot. They would have never seen my post that would have that changed their mindset, you know? Mm-hmm. So, with that, you can't be canceling them, fa- your family members unless they cancel you. You can put your voice out there. You can be heard, and it's up to them to take what you to take what you say. To listen, you know? yeah. So that's how I feel on that. But I've been telling that to the kids too. I'm telling them like, yo, like this is is so divisive right now. It's like a toxic divisiveness. It's like. You're against all cops. No, we're not against all cops, man. Defund the police. There's going to be no... No, man. We're not going to... There's not going to be no police. Like, people, like, hear certain words and they just, like, think the craziest Mm -hmm. outcome. Yeah. And you're like, you think it works like that? Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, that's me. Then now I'm getting passionate. So now I'm like, you think it works like that? (laughs) Boom. Yeah. I just just turned someone off. It's, It's crazy to think that, like you holding this information that's like so important for people to know so important for people to recognize and identify with you need to be the bigger person in educating someone who's displaying potential like bigotry ignorance. and ignorance yeah which is crazy mm-hmm. but like the only way that you do educate someone is if you like come in on their level Right. Like, think about any teacher you've had that you resonated with. It's like the teacher who, like, got it. Mm -hmm. That teacher Mm -hmm. gets it. Mm -hmm. It's like that guy gets it. So it's like you have to come down to that person's level and, like, speak on, like, a human level and just, like, question. That's Mm -hmm. why I try. I just, Mm -hmm. like, question it. Just, Mm -hmm. like, have you ever noticed this? How is that that they got there? You know, like, those kind of prompting questions. I actually have a question for y'all. Um, what do you guys think when you hear 
white privilege? I think the first thing I think of is something that like I wasn't aware of in myself, even though like my white privilege seems so obvious. Like I wasn't aware of it until recently because I just didn't understand it. So like I, I feel like it's just a new it's like something I've newly accepted as so obvious, but like it, I was never able, I wasn't able to see it for the longest time. Like I didn't understand what mm. it really meant mm. as hard as I tried to, like I had really didn't under fully understand what it meant until right. very recently. Right. But now I couldn't understand it more. Would you agree with that a little bit? I think for me, I think recently I have been like working on myself a lot. And one of the traits that I found out about myself is that I display that I'm like a victim a lot, like in my character, like how my, I'm not gonna get into it obviously, but like how my story played out like in my head, like the story I was telling myself, mm -hmm. I was living every day like I was a victim. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of like work to get there through a lot of the stuff that we've talked about and like exploring all the, we started this podcast to like better ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And I like faced a lot of demons I've had for a long time. And in that, with the combination of like this all kind of happening, mm -hmm. it really made me look at myself and just be like, bro, what the fuck are you complaining about? Like I'm always complaining mm -hmm. about my situation, my job, grad school, you know? And I'm like, I'm fucking blessed, dude. Mm -hmm. Besides being white, which is my literal white privilege, I have a good job. I had parents that like pushed me to do well in school and like pushed me to go to grad school and like become a, and like gave me resources and provided and just all these things that they put down for me that I like was like a little shit yeah. and complained granted. about took and for took granted. for granted. Yep. And I was coming to terms with that victimhood before all this happened. And I'm like, I felt like I was getting really close to never feeling that way again. Mm -hmm. And when this shit happened, I was like, I'm, I should never fucking complain about anything in my life ever again. Mm -hmm. There's no reason. I'll, I'll have hardships in my life. I know yeah. that. I know that I'll have hardships in my life. And I feel like, I feel like when... When people hear white privilege, they think that they think that everything there was what no about hardships. All, exactly, I th there's yeah. still hardships well, dude, for, for everybody. For example, for big, example people go big, through anything. Yeah. The big point is none of your hardships or my hardships are gonna come from the way we look. Period. Exactly. Like it's never gonna exactly. come from the exactly. color of our skin, and that's exactly. something we can never understand unless we acknowledge our white privilege. Exactly. And get take steps towards understanding that, and that's what like clicked in my head. I was just like, "Fuck!" Like. Yeah, that's such an obvious statement. Of course, that's true. I used to have arguments with my sister. My sister went to a liberal arts school, and like the mindset that I'm in now, she adopted or has had for a very long time. Right. And she was exposed to these things, and I would have conversations with her, and she would be like, Dylan, we came from like a privileged background. Mm -hmm. And I would be like, fuck you. Like, I worked my ass off. I yeah. served. I was, yeah. a rest I was a waiter, and I did this, and I did that, and I applied to grad school like i did all that and she i feel i maybe it didn't recognize in her yet to say that's not what i'm saying right but it took a fucking second for me to get here but like yeah i absolutely recognize well that unfortunately it kind of you kind of have to like 
it's something, it's one of those things, and that's why this is taking so long. It's like, you aren't going to get it until you fucking get it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm, it's going to, mm-hmm. there's something that's going to happen that's going to click, and for everybody that's different, like, for us, it took this movement. For some people, shockingly, it'll take the next one, unfortunately, like, which is crazy, and but it, that's and the, just and the pe- reality. As, as white dudes knowing this now, I look at, like, any white person not recognizing this, and I'm like, you're 100% wrong. Mm-hmm. But how do I not angrily tell you that? It's hard. It how is hard. I, like, now that I know this, it's like, fucking doy, dude. Mm-hmm. Fucking doy. And we don't even live in a... I mean, we do actually live in a place, as I start to find out about Long Island and oh, all. Oh, Jesus Christ, But it's yeah. like, we don't even live in a place where, like, racism is, like, really in your... Relatively. Re- Relatively in comparison to, like, to, like other places, right. I'm right. saying. Yeah, like I thought you that, look at New York City. I thought as like I was the most a very open place in the world. I thought mm-hmm. I was like a very tolerant guy mm-hmm. until all this shit happened, and then I really questioned back. And then I, even myself, have gone back and all the little subtle things that you go back and you fucking check, and you're like, "Whoa, that was that that happened yep. there." Mm-hmm. I've gone back into my life and have to sadly say that like I've probably said racist shit that like I don't even realize I'm saying, mm-hmm. right. and like I don't realize. The like true power behind my words and like how like f- how they're coming from like a hateful place that I'm not, I'm just spewing out and not mm-hmm. even like realizing what the fuck I'm saying. Yeah, it's like insensitivity, like lack of a filter. And yeah, it, exactly. You know I mean, just like exactly that. Hundred percent. I feel I feel like some people hear white privilege and they just get so turned off because they don't understand that we're not saying you don't have those hardships. It's just not based off the way you look. Exactly. Right? And they feel discredited. Um, I feel like, you know, like uh, when people say white males have it best. And then you, I, have, I feel like some people are just like, well, what did I do? I was just, I was just born. Mm-hmm. I'm just, like, you know, there's those people that, that are like, Maybe they don't they don't get it just yet, but they're like, what 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 did I do? I feel like I went through a phase of that. I was just like like, attacking the attack of straight white males that has been happening over. I'm just like, yeah. I feel like I've gone through a phase of like I've been a good dude. Like what's what's what what the fuck? Oh yeah. And then it's and then it's like gotten to the point where I'm like, this isn't about me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. this is not this is not about me. It's like this is about us. It's like the all lives matter people. It's the same fucking concept. It's like. Yes, we of course all lives matter. Yeah. We're not saying we're, they don't, bro. Yeah. You're missing what we're saying. We're saying you're still not acting like Black Lives Matter. Yeah, that's the problem we're addressing because that's the pressing issue. Like, and it's you twisting words, and it's getting that message. I just feel like there's so much negative connotivity with with white guilt, white privilege, and um, what was the other one I mentioned before? Was there another one, or was that in my head? I don't, I don't know. I don't Forget so. it, though. I was, I but I feel <laughs> I don't know. we're what so else? we're <laughs> so deep in my subconscious right now. I don't I'm know like, where call we me are, whatever bro. You want. Holy <laughs> smokes! I, we are up in my brain. Yeah. Three levels like, deep into the dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you're, you. This is the core of my essence, right? I know, I, yeah. Coming out. I'm just like on the. I like. I feel like I'm always like on the verge of like just like so much emotion, <laughs> just like pouring out of me and i think that i think that what you said about coming at people at a level that they'll understand and being that bigger person i want to you know 
I can recognize it right now how, you know, we're 45 minutes in this conversation. I can recognize like how difficult this probably could be for you or like emotional or like charged. And I just want to say that I think that you're doing exactly what you're preaching. And like, I thank you for coming on already, even though we're not even close to, you know, being done here. But it's like important to say that this type of conversation is like exactly a place where people could come and from that even playing field and start to understand. And like, I appreciate you holding back probably how emotional you want to get about this topic to, to know that when people listen to us in our audience, hopefully they will send it to someone who will send it to someone who will send it to someone and resonate. I'm a big like analogy guy. Like I always find myself making analogies. So when I, when I think, Oh man, like, you when i see another black person killed you know that like you you know there's that 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 black community right the like people love to say you can walk you can walk down the street and just not to any black guy and they'd not back you don't even know them mm-hmm. is that black community right it's like it's like low-key a family right so when you see a black man shot dead you think that's like my family, right? So that's what I like. What I want to say, like, is a good comparison. Someone shot your cousin. He was unarmed. He he was a good person, right? Over a fake twenty dollar bill. Are you not gonna be angry about that? Yeah. That's like your family. Are you are you not gonna be enraged and upset and sorrow and pain? So when when all that happens, it's like it's so hard to come at to calm it all down, you know. Mm-hmm. It's hard to calm it all down, but it's what we need because mm-hmm. that's how you reach people. Yeah, I I saw a video. It was this lady, and she was spitting facts, and she was cursing and yelling, and you know you could see the pain. And I understand that, so I don't have a problem with it. But someone that doesn't have my mindset, doesn't have how, doesn't understand how why she's feeling that, turned off. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh my gosh, she's why is she yelling like that? Click off. That might be a hot take, and I I understand. I I'm totally with her on that. Like, show your emotion, because. We're honestly, we're all fed up with it, but I'm, I'm, I believe personally, I'm going to just, I'm just going to cool it down when I talk to people about this. I think, I think there's a place, I think you made a good point. I think there's a place for that emotion. Cause like that kind of arms the troops as far as people who already understand that. Like it yeah. perks the ears up of people who are already on board and it's like, yeah, fuck, let, like, let's go. Yeah. But the people who, like you said, the people who don't get that yet, or the people who are on the fence, or like we kind of made that analogy last week, so like somebody that's on the fence yeah. and might be just that's about ready to it. get it, like if you come at them too hot, they're going to be like, oh, fuck this, like, like yeah. that's, this yep. is too real, or this is too aggressive, or I don't mm-hmm. get it. Mm-hmm. And then you lose that person. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's what we're, that, those are the people we're trying to change. Right. Like, 
to change the people on it's the a fence numbers, because then the numbers people game. on the fence you have to the people on the fence are probably associate with people, people who are, are on way the side. farther side so and if that person and then they can affect in and it's like we have to keep closer. cutting deeper in you yeah. have to keep it's adjusting your approach game. to address the people who can't hear it like you have to change your if you keep speaking Spanish to somebody who doesn't speak Spanish, they're not going to fucking respond to you. Like right. you got to get through to those people. Mm -hmm. I think and one of the, not gonna respond the to bigger changes. Well, one of the points that like I really found that I resonated with was finding out about the difference between not racist and anti-racist. That's big. Um, because I think that I definitely identified with, I'm not racist. Mm -hmm. so probably have said that, I'm not racist. Countless mm -hmm. times. Countless times, I'm not mm -hmm. racist. But for a white person to say, I'm not racist, and not outwardly be against racism is our white privilege. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's our because we don't have to deal with that shit because mm -hmm. we're fucking white. We, so we get to ignore it. So we, it's, right. it's our ignorance is like, this thing that is bestowed upon us and yeah. has now been called to be like, yo, this has been, yeah, there's no slavery anymore. But, but like that problem. fucking mindset still in here. Mm -hmm. And what a unique moment in time to grab at and fucking change. Mm -hmm. Because you know that eventually we're going to get here. Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. do you want to be part of delaying that problem? Do you want to be... It, and it's crazy. It's probably crazy to say to someone who identifies as not racist, you need to identify as anti-racist. Mm -hmm. And getting that people to understand that. Because that almost makes... When, you, when I felt... Why I had to be anti-racist, it almost politicized me in mm -hmm. a way. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it has to. Because like choosing to be not racist is choosing to be almost like apolitical because like so much of our political structure is, you know, we've seen in the documentary yep. is structured to keep black people oppressed. Yep. So Both you sides. choosing to be not racist is part of the problem. So like we, we said this before and you know, we used to talk about on this podcast, it was like rooted in trying to be get a better person. And a lot of times we just like talked about bullshit, mm -hmm. bullshit, mm -hmm. nothing, the dailies of life fucking walking around i saw this lady haha ha, here's a funny joke and like that has its time and place for sure mm -hmm. but to like be in this point in time and not use our platform to talk about this like i don't see how it's like i don't i don't see how i can't talk about this anymore mm -hmm. right yeah i'm which has been a huge change in my person because i'm someone who always used to be i'm not into politics because well, that's mm -hmm. the, that's the switch from being not racist to being anti-racist exactly. like if you're in a group of people and you're not racist and you're not, like before you cross that threshold into anti-racism if you're not racist somebody says an off-color comment you ignore it instead of participating in it yeah if you're anti-racist you shut that shit down so if you're if you're not going to shut that shit down you might as well participate in it i think that's the like thought the change in mindset it's like you're not stopping that person from doing it that that person doing it and not getting shit on is just like playing into the confirmation bias and all the other people's heads who think it's okay to say shit like that. And you're literally, literally contributing to the problem as opposed to stopping the problem. I'm guilty of it too. Yeah. So many times in my life mm -hmm. where I just ignored it, you know? Mm -hmm. And this is, like you were saying, this is the time. Mm -hmm. This is the time where we recognize and we change. 
we know the facts now. Yeah. So. Um, I think the to go back into the the documentary a little bit. Right. Good call. Um. I think one of the. Let's see what what would be a good point to talk about. Let's well, talk about I, bail I, reform. Okay. And Khalif. I was gonna say that's a good place to go. Mm. Um. So they they highlighted a story. What was his name, Joe? Khalif Browder. Yeah. Remember him? Yep. So, so you probably you read it. Uh yeah. Well, he what, what was he arrested for? He stole a backpack. Yeah. Was it he, allegedly or I, I, did he actually I don't know. do it? I I have I to look think into. He did it. It. I don't think I don't he think did it because he got let off. Yeah. So uh, let's just, let's just say he didn't do it. He got arrested for supposedly stealing a backpack, and he was waiting to be put on trial. He was held in custody for three years in prison because he couldn't pay a thousand dollar bail. Because he yeah. couldn't afford a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. He couldn't yeah. afford it, and spent three years in jail because of it. Yep. If I got arrested for being a drunk idiot and had a thousand dollar bail, I'm bailed out in two seconds. Mm-hmm. Guess who I'm calling? Daddy. Mm-hmm. This kid is just. This kid just, just didn't have the thousand dollars. So. I mean, just to, for anybody who didn't watch the documentary he and didn't know the story, he was in jail for three years waiting to get a trial. He got a trial eventually and got out. He tried to kill himself in prison multiple times, yep. I believe, right? He mm-hmm. tried to hang himself multiple times. And then once he got out and he was entered back into society, he was a fel- or he was had this tainted record and couldn't get a job and then ended up committing even suicide. So, even he- so, he spent three years in jail unjustly. Three, yeah. Because he didn't take the plea. Uh, yeah. Remember that. Yeah. Remember that. He didn't take the plea, but the plea was, I think, that's, three years That's a anyway. huge point we need to touch on. So the plea, well, let's, you want to help break down yeah. the whole the whole issue? I believe, I believe it went like this. So he talked to a lawyer and he said, listen, we'll give you three years. You stay in prison or you can ch- take your chances and do up to 15. I believe that was the number, 15. Mm-hmm. So that's how they kind of put it for black people. So they'd be like, "All right, they're just gonna take the plea because you don't want to. You don't want to take that chance and have to do more." And most people do. All right, I'll take the plea. So many plea bargains, right? Ninety-seven percent of African Americans choose not to go to trial. Yep, that was a ridiculous statistic. Ninety-seven percent choose to not to go to trial, and it's just like take the plea deal. And most the Khalif Brown was just like, people hey. just take it because it's better than potentially facing 30. But mm-hmm. then but then the problem with taking it is then it's on your record. You are a convicted felon and then you cannot get a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's the benefit? Okay, yeah, I, I, I'll be able to go home tonight and instead of spending the night in jail. I'll be able to go home tonight and then I'll go away for three years and I'll come back home after three years, but then I'm not gonna be able to get a job. Like, what's your nope. life gonna be? Your life is fucked. No job, can't vote. He does three years in jail. Yeah, so he does three years in jail. He gets out, and then I think two months later or two years later, within two years, he committed suicide. Years. He's twenty-two, I believe. He's twenty-two. But he, years old. he so he in the three years that he was held in prison, he started experiencing a lot of mental health issues, depression. Yep. Like I said, he tried to kill himself a few times. He he was in a lot of like physical violence. He was beat up on in prison, Jumps. and it, and it fucked him up. So, but the issue from the whole thing is that the bail system is designed to. I mean, from the top down, it's like, the, it's should a, the guy, well, what was he arrested for? Why didn't he? Well, the point is it's, get, it's designed yeah. to keep, it's designed to put people in prison. And obviously it doesn't say black or white in that, Yeah. in that, but it's designed to take advantage of the poor and innocent 
mm-hmm. and benefit the wealthy and guilty as opposed to just who if you did it you do you do a just sentence or a just punishment or whatever it's literally the bail system if you can't afford bail you can't get out yeah like so it's just designed to put you in prison and keep prisons full and and feed the whole fucking wheel and i think they said that there's like a very i would bet there's a large amount of people who are sitting in jail right now and the only reason that they are in jail is because they can't afford bail Mm -hmm. yep so how many people are innocent sitting in jail just because they can't afford bail Mm -hmm. that's nuts you're it's quite wild. literally being forced to to say you're guilty when you're not mm-hmm. a lot of the times. It's wild. I think it it comes down to like the breakdown of the laws. It was like, do we want to get into that? Like the 1970s? We, yeah, and, I mean, we could always, listen, let's get into it. We could always cut out shit if it ends up being irrelevant. Okay. But I think it's a cool thing to get into, like the laws that were designed to put more people behind bars. Yeah. Like the war on yeah. crime. Yeah. Oh, in the gosh. 70s, 60s, and 80s. So it seems like how it was, how it was, and help me here as I try and piece this together because right, it's right, just right. like so hard. Yeah, we to, just watched it. <laughs> I watched it twice it's and it's like, it's, it's still, so shocking that it's, it's like, it's hard to fucking remember because it's, it's yeah, just like, it's oh so my much God. Coming at you. Yeah. It's so much coming at you that it's like, and this and that. And yeah. it's so and many this, different yeah. things that contributed to the same problem. I'm like, yeah. I don't even remember which was which. Like, I know that there were four presidents who did a bad job, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. there's so much of the same shit. It basically, it's crazy. it depicts like the long journey of like slavery, freed slavery, and then uh, Jim Crow laws. And then Jim when Crow. Jim Crow segregation went away, the plan basically turned, which was like throw, 1970. Throw them all in jail. Where, how can we keep black people oppressed? Mm-hmm. And that's when the political campaign of Richard Nixon versus whoever it was in 1970, the face of this, the entire campaign was a man who I believe raped and murdered someone. And Richard Nixon wanted to lock this guy up forever and he was a black man mm-hmm. and his opposer said that he wanted to let him out on the weekends because he believed in looser jail mm-hmm. so they used that to then make it a, a huge pivot point and scare white america yep. of the black all man based on fear yeah it was all based they said to like based on primitive fear and mm-hmm. this guy became the the poster child of richard nixon's uh presidential campaign which got him elected, which allowed him to make all these reforms and which led to like more imprisonment. Well, it turned so, into the war on drugs. That was the way they were going to. But for example, I think that it was, I just want to say this one statistic that mm. in 1970, the prison population in the United States was 200K. Mm. They depict on that crime and the war on crime got tighter and tighter and they kept going in on that primitive fear of fear of black men and they kept just doing it and doing it and doing it. And in 2017, we have a 2.3 million person population in the U.S. system and 40% of that is African American. Mm -hmm. So in 1970, it was 200K and in 2017, it was 2.3 million. 10 times. times. And would you say that during that time, there has been that big of a difference of crimes committed. Probably fucking not. Nope. Not the type of crimes that are warrant or that. Well, that's many the thing. People it's non-violent crimes. Yeah. They also talk about crack cocaine versus cocaine. 
and it's like crack is like a classified as like a way more intense drug and you can get way more jail time for crack cocaine versus coke but it's like coke's like the civilized white collar drugs are fucking drugs drugs Mm -hmm. are drugs yep yeah well people going to jail for like years for like having an eighth of weed on them yeah Yeah. war on drugs and that it i mean it's this this is really challenging to talk about it's so hard to talk about but it's it's like that crack is a black person drug perceived Mm -hmm. and that's yeah, it. Know, it was rampant, rampant, and, rampant through the neighborhoods. And coke is a white person drug in the suburbs. That's what Newt Gingrich said. He said crack was it, and this was Newt Gingrich. This dude's a fucking Republican, mm-hmm. and he said it. And he said crack is a you know how we uh, treated crack versus cocaine is crazy because crack they're the same drugs, but we just criminalize crack cocaine more to criminalize to pray, black people to prey on mm-hmm. that demographic. Mm-hmm. It was a slap on the wrist if you were playing with coke. Yeah. And that's just crazy. That there's like so... It's just something you can't unsee. You know why this is yeah. so hard to talk about? Because every little thing we try to tackle, it's it's part of this like huge, huge. cloud. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm like trying to throw these little things out there, but then I'm, I feel like I have to acknowledge so many other things. There's so many elements. Up. It's seriously like so... Like, because then we didn't even talk about the... Like Alec... And why prisons need to yeah, be so full, was, which is the insane. whole other thing. That was crazy something thing. I like came in and did not know at all. I was like, I, holy yeah. that blue, shit. dude. I mean, Dylan saw me when that part of the movie came on. I literally, my mind yeah, like, he, melted. He, like, I was like, covering his I face. Took off my hat and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, how is nobody? I just don't get how. Like again, like I'm, I'm reacting. I'm like, I don't get how people don't see this now that I've mm-hmm. seen this. Mm-hmm. I feel I told Dylan that should be mandatory reading for everybody in the country. That everybody. should be every American should have to watch that. But but you know uh, what was it Mississippi or Alabama? They didn't want them reading uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. They got it out their education system. Recently, a couple years back. For what reason? Because it was to about kill black a people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, didn't remember the plot that well because I'm a bad reader. So it's about funny. it's about um about a, <laughs> about a lawyer who um Atticus he French. represents. Yep, he represents a black man. Oh yeah, okay, it's coming back to me. Yep, I'm such a bad student. Sorry, teacher. But <laughs> oh, Emily, I didn't see you down there. But yeah, the depiction of let's see. See, uh, this is this is a moment for me to like recognize my own ignorance. I think I was someone who like Hillary versus Trump. Let's say I didn't follow that shit, but I definitely didn't want Donald Trump as president, so I voted for Hillary. And I would like blindly just be like, "Yeah, you got to vote for Hillary. You can't vote for Trump." And then they would people would bring up all the shit she did. I'm like, "Well, this dude's a fucking asshole," you know. Mm. And but even when people would come at me with things about Hillary that were bad, I almost found it hard for my own self to believe because mm-hmm. I think that my house is so far left that like those those biases and those things where it's just like, no, that's not true. And it's yeah. just like, no, that's not true. And it's like both sides are like denying so many things against them. So that's many. just like, I just believed it blindly. And then mm-hmm. like seeing Hillary Clinton come on the screen calling people super predators. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. And like, and then finding and out Bill her husband, and then Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton. Yeah. put the law and in, in my brain. Up to that, dude, up to that point, I thought Bill. I mean, like, I think over time, I've like, what's all these allegations on Bill Clinton on fucking uh, Jeffrey Epstein's? I mean, plane yeah, and that. Yep. Yeah, all that shit. And like, 
that's crazy. And like, that was enough for me to like question his character a lot. Mm -hmm. And then I see this shit and I'm just like, in my brain, dude, I would have told you that like Bill Clinton was a great president. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just like, look at all these shitty fucking things he did. Mm -hmm. Look at all these terrible things. Mm -hmm. And it's like that chosen ignorance. I think I was also, when he was president, I was like, zero through eight but it's like why would i even then tell people when i'm older yeah bill clinton was a good guy i don't Mm -hmm. know what the fuck i'm talking about why am i saying that but i didn't you do that you just say shit you Mm -hmm. don't fucking know Mm -hmm. and i think like when you're talking about this stuff like you as a i find that for me i have to say i don't know all the time and it's like so important to just i will question everything Mm -hmm. i don't believe anything like bill Bill clinton for democrats is like reagan for republicans Mm -hmm. yeah because they love reagan thought he was a great president and you see all the things that he's done done Mm -hmm. terrible things and you're just like so is this still your man's or or -hmm. what you know so it's just both sides you just learn so much and it all boils down to the same thing it all boils down to the same thing yeah And to be honest, I don't even I don't even know how honest I want to be, but like to be honest, I feel like these politicians are all just like, all right, like we gotta cater to our majority. Mm-hmm. The politician, man, they have to cater well, to the majority. Yeah. We, well, I mean, we could go like, on and on about politicians and how fucked up that whole world is. Yeah, yeah. But true. I feel like I feel like even the people who who agree, like for example, people who like love Reagan, right? Mm. They love Reagan, and they're very easily able to justify the reasons in their head. And most of it probably, a lot of it's probably based on statistics. Oh, like he took this many criminals off the street. Oh, like like that's the way you perceive it because that's the way it's marketed to you as like an American, right? Depending on what news outlet you're watching or what book you're reading Safety. or whatever. But like the like that is what's crazy is like like we said like we watched this film last night. This completely shifted the way my I see anything that I'm gonna witness now mm-hmm. in this realm but so many people haven't had that awakening so they just it's so easy to keep understanding the way your logic works in your brain you're like yeah, yeah. but no but like there are a lot of th- this does make sense but of course it's easy to say that yeah like you have to question everything maybe you come to back to the same conclusion but like you have to break your own shit down yeah like you got to reflect yeah how how do you get how would you if you had to if you had a room full of people who were narrow-minded and not able to not and just fucking following the narrative and kind of brainwashed right if for a lack of a better word like how would you address speaking to a group of people like that um you really just have to question them it's like okay yes um yes you can say yes the economy was good right but how was it kept that well and is it just for for who also you know like who was it good for and countless times you're gonna say it was good for middle class upper class whites and then once again forgotten about were the black americans so with a crowd like that honestly you have to come with questions and facts based on what you know Mm -hmm. and i um i was actually just like checking my phone before because I saw a video. Um, I don't know if you if you know her, but Candace Owens. I saw yeah. a video. Yeah, about we Candace watched Owens. that video. And I was like, wow, she she probably sounds good to a lot of people right now. Mm-hmm. What she's saying. So I did a little Twitter group. I hit up 
my brother, um, my friend Brandon from Delaware, and my boy Kyle from my hometown. I was like, oh, and um, one of my brother's friends, right? All black brothers. I was like, yo, you guys need to watch this, or I don't know if you've seen it, but I need to be like, I need to be ready for anyone that comes with these arguments, right? Mm-hmm. So, luckily, my brother and all of them chimed in about just like ways to counter that. And that's how, that's how you can basically arm yourself. Mm-hmm. That's how you Educate get ready. Yourself. Right. Find people that Heard. you want to identify with and get, learn from them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Where it's just like saying you don't, you don't know and how, you know, send that out to people. That was an interesting video. Can we discuss that? Because I watched that and I was thinking, who is this for? I was thinking, I was thinking, why bring up these things that don't matter? Matter. Yeah. Like, no matter what you say about George Floyd. It doesn't. It doesn't matter because the bottom line, no life. matter how he could have been the worst person in the world. And of course, I'm not saying that he was, but I'm saying even if he was the worst person in the world, that man did not deserve to lose his life on that street. Right. In the way he, that he lost his life. Right. And you can't argue that. So you shouldn't be arguing. That's the way I saw it. Yeah, I it think was, that's what I it saw. Was a lot video. of diversion, diversion techniques, diversion technique. Yeah, it was a lot of, well, these numbers and oh, black on black crime. Bro, we we hate that. <laughs> we hate that when when someone brings up black on black crime, like we won't we, we like we don't care about that, or we don't address that issue. We're talking about the people that's like have swore to protect and serve us mm-hmm. that are shooting us. So, if if we swore to protect and serve each other, we'd have a problem with it. But that's not how it is. We're humans, man. We're talking about people whose job is it, whose jobs it is, and once again, I like I always want to say this, even though I shouldn't have to, but it it's not all cops. We know that. My best friend is a cop. Mm-hmm. He would never do anything like that, and I know that. You know, mm-hmm. so like I'm not talking about though like all cops. I'm just talking about those racist ones, and it's that locker room mentality, man, mm-hmm. and that mob mentality that like, and. And the accountability. If you never told your girl that you loved her, would she know it? Maybe. Because you're with her still. But do do they not like to hear it? They like to hear it, right? They want to hear that. We want to hear that from the police, right? We want to hear we were wrong. This man is out of here. Like, we can't have him here. He's out of here. Boom. But because we're not getting that, there's no statements or they come out like many days later. We're not getting that accountability right then and there. We're going to grow angry, you know? Mm-hmm. So I I love those cops that were with, with the protesters. There was no violence in those ones. Mm-hmm. They're walking with them. The, all the ones That's where, all the ones where the cops are opposing the protesters have gotten ugly. Yeah. That's why it's like you show up in mm-hmm. a riot shield and assault rifles, and it just it it open. You're in that crowd, and you're like, "Oh shit, mm-hmm. yeah, it's battle, it dude." Just, it's like yeah, that's yeah. probably it primitive, dude. If you're in that crowd in the front row, you see that shit line up. That's probably one of the so scariest scary. thing you've ever yeah, seen. So scary. What's gonna happen? And you just yeah. start getting. It's probably hard to control. And I think that people have been doing 
you've seen countless videos of people like kneeling down and like mm. putting their hands up and like hands mm. up, don't shoot. And like p- cops pulling down masks and spraying people and just like. And then you had like, you had, you had cops kneeling, which was beautiful. And then you mm-hmm. had, you had cops like, did, did you said, I think it was, might've been New York NYPD. The cop that, no, no, it wasn't NYPD, but the cop that knelt down with the protesters and then sent an email to all of the police in his department apologizing for kneeling down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing, man? What do you say? He said he felt, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, I'm sorry. (laughs) Go, come on. What the fuck? What do you say to people who would be like, yeah, but cops are getting killed? I was going to ask that same question. Because that is a an argument that would be received from the all lives matter people. Right, right, right. Um, to them, I I just feel like it's nothing that we want. Um, and that's something that when it happens. It's tragic, but the right thing happens afterwards. Mm-hmm. We don't want that, but you guys get your justice. When it happens to us, we don't get our justice. That's what's going on. Mm-hmm. We understand cops are, that's a very dangerous job. It's one of the hardest jobs to be put on the spot like that in those situations. We, I, I totally get that. I, I'm not going to speak for anyone. I'm just saying I totally get that. But I hate saying but because now it sounds like I canceled all the, everything no, I said. No, I don't believe it. I'm just saying whatever happens when you're a cop, justice usually follows. That person might get away, right? But we're talking about people that are getting killed by cops who say they're going to protect us and then they get away with it. And it's purely out of the color of their skin. We're not seeing that across all platforms. So it's, it's not what we want. It's, it's tragic. I wish that for nobody. But we're just we're just asking not to be killed. Yeah, that's what that's what it's coming from. It's the root. We it's a reaction want, to the. We root don't want of the anyone problem. else killed. We just don't want to be killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's then, and it's quite literally a war right now against that ideology or to push that ideology. And like last week, we had we did an episode, and I was kind of talking about the violence towards police officers because right. everybody knows how I feel about this issue. I but I had come out and spoke about how I just don't. It sucks that policemen are getting attacked as well. Yeah. And how things are getting violent and people are losing their lives and stuff. And in doing that, I almost felt like I was then, like, again, canceling out everything else I had It's because we were, like, almost arguing. Me and him are going back and forth where I was defending, like, yes, that cop thing is an issue, but, like, the real issue is this and giving that attention just, just... Negates is a distraction. What did what? How did you call it? The distra- Divert, diverted. diverted attention. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. and that I think was something that you learned this week. Yeah. Which is so like, like throughout the week, I basically learned, 
Like, yeah, of course. It's it's literally, it's kind of similar to an all lives matter justification yeah. where yeah. it's like, yeah, of course all lives matter. Cops where are I'm getting like, killed too. Yeah, it's like, of course. Yeah, so I'm like, you know, I was saying, you know, it, cops shouldn't be killed either. And it's like, of course they shouldn't. Yeah. But right now, the more important goal, it's it's literally a war. It's like, you send troops to Iraq. You don't want any of those troops to die, but we're fighting for supposedly, you know, we're fighting for a better world, right? Right. Right now, we're literally, quite literally fighting for a better world in America. And while it, it doesn't, you know, on paper look like this war where people are, lives are being sacked, they are. Like, mm -hmm. people are unfortunately going to have to take take a hit, whether yeah. that's literally or figuratively, to yeah. get to the place that we want to go. I, and it's accepting I referred, that. I referred to... Those who were killed by cops the other day in one of my circles, I'm like, they're like our fallen soldiers, mm -hmm. right? Like, it sucks that they these guys had to die for this to happen, but at the same time, it it catal catalyzed this movement. Mm -hmm. So no one wants it, but at the same time, now it's happening. Now we're talking about it. And when we see that, okay cops killing black people they're getting their justice i'll be first one to defend cops getting killed mm -hmm. right because if they're getting killed like dogs and then the people are getting away that's a problem mm -hmm. and no one wants that i think another justification towards people who are harping on police lives and like right. the it's safety the, of the, police right. is like all right fine like you're you're putting all this emotional energy behind just like i was last week like you're putting all this emotional energy behind like explaining to me or explaining to people that policemen are risking their lives they're innocent they're being killed and they don't deserve it it's like okay cool yes what you just did right there do for all black people I understand yeah. like that in it those innocent black people and like look at it the same way like right that is the switch that has to happen for then it to be for it to be okay for you to to talk exactly. about it the way I you think want to I, talk about it. I heard an interesting analogy that I don't remember where I heard it, but you brought up like Iraq and like mm -hmm. war on terror and like in black neighborhoods. I think I was listening to someone say that she like grew up in Compton, mm -hmm. let's say, mm -hmm. and. If you would say, like, if you're in Iraq and you live in Iraq and American soldiers are on and around, there are probably people who perceive them as, like, bad people, bad guys. And she said that she's like, this is literally a war on black people in these communities. And if you think about that, it's like black people in Compton are to Iraqi people as cops are to military people, military mm -hmm. You, you, did yeah, you kind of mixed that, mess up. that up. Mixed it up, but I know I, what you're I saying. Know, you're yeah. saying, yeah, like, and it's like they perceive it. like cops walking around the neighborhood as like military, military yeah. patrolling and surveilling what them. they're doing, how to get them. They're out to get them, and it's mm -hmm. like that is not freedom. It's mm -hmm. like the it's that's it's not all freedom. Tension. It's all tension. Mm -hmm. We're scared of the cops. The cops are scared of us. How do we how do we get that out of here? Yeah. You know, it is a race thing, but, but like m my first calling to all these incidences are like, oh, can you just not kill us, man? Like if I would, I would give so much to hear, oh, this man shot, this man, this man shot a, a black dude in the leg. Oh, he's going to survive. When, when you don't survive, you don't have a story to tell. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why, why are, why are all these incidences ending up in death? Mm -hmm. there's a human lives 
that you're taking. So I just I just feel like that tension. I don't know how to get rid of it. I really don't. I think it's going to take a, a long time. Right. Yeah. I think that it's. For well, example, I I was saying that like when this all happened it like flipped a switch in me and it's like when i do something i do it and i like bought how to be anti-racist started reading it and immediately identified as like how to be Mm anti-racist and like Mm -hmm. assumed joe was doing the same and like doing it the same way that i was doing it and we were and i would like send him things and be like watch this and like and i would expect him to do the exact same work that i was doing yeah. And he did different work. He found resources that he found. Mm-hmm. And when we wound up talking after a week, we had different views. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? My view is the way to be. Ant- you're- mm-hmm. And it's like, I didn't show. And we got in like a huge fight. Yeah. A huge fight. Yeah. Because I perceived his his views as like he didn't learn enough and he wasn't ready to talk about it. It's- and then I took a step back and I was like, that's part of the learning process. Yeah. It's not his fault that... He said to me, can I say the thing about like coming from a family? The Yeah, but like if you word it the right way. Yeah. He said. I think it's like, I feel like you're going to come off hot. No, it really made me think because I was, I was like mad at him. I was mad at him that he didn't get like dead ass. I was mad. It's so easy. We don't fight. I was mad. And we don't fight. You see how easy it gets. Yeah. You see how easy it gets. I was like, you don't get it. You should, we shouldn't have done that episode. We weren't ready to talk about it. We came, but like. He took he like I heard something he said he was like you don't get what it's like to no. come from like a far right household right and I come from my mom is like a crazy liberal so like while I never like fully knew this it was like I had clippings of it in there that like mm-hmm. I was able to piece together a little quicker right and Joe who's trying harder than any like he's trying <laughs> so fucking hard like he mm-hmm. was the one Get who reached out to JJ shit. and Jordan <laughs> he was editing all the clips he was doing all the work and I got mad at him right. And it's like, I should have been showing my patience. And it's like, like, it's, it's like going to take a minute to learn. It's like you guys are in a track race, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing a 400. You start at the 200. You start at the 100. You have that head start. Yeah. And you're yelling at Joe, catch up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm trying, bitch. That's yeah. not <laughs> it. That's <laughs> not exactly. it. That's, That's not it. That's what it is. That's what it is. So I think know. what, I think what, uh, something that put a lot of things in perspective for me was this country from its inception was the land of the free. And it's a we we live in a very new country. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. super new. And Dylan brought up something last week. He was like, you know, you the U the United States was referred to as an experiment, like straight up an experiment. That was me. No that was you. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, good for you. That. Sorry, I thought it, I thought it was Dylan. My bad. It's I was like, the, that the sounds dope. The great <laughs> experiment. And when you think of it that way, and you think of it as we're not like we're this not is what typical. I learned. This is what I learned last night. We are so much further behind than I thought we were like growing up as somebody who's never felt prejudice towards people Mm -hmm. and always felt like not racist like me and Dylan were saying before like I've never until recently looked at my own ignorance so it's like as somebody like when you look at it as we're not finished we we didn't we never achieved that freedom that we preached right we're not there yet like it's Mm -hmm. still new like we're in the process like viewing it like that made me realize why it's so important to talk about this stuff and like be part of the progress because it's so 
we're not as far ahead as we thought we were. Mm-hmm. Like just because like it's the, just like the the white privilege. Like just because you don't experience racism doesn't racism doesn't mean it's not running rampant around you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it's hard to ignore it now. Mm-hmm. And like I feel like acknowledging that like that just opened my eyes huge yeah. last night. How are you feeling? You still look at. I mean, oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's always it's so nice to get this stuff off my chest, and it's like like when when I start to get going. My mind is in 10,000 places all the time. Mm. And I wish I could just formulate it all, but like I really can't, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. I bet uh, this has been, we find that something, like you're so far up there, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like you're just trying to, it's so. Kick it through the weeds. It's like, so hard to articulate the how you're feeling. Yeah. Because like we were saying in the in the, be- the beginning, it's ingrained, you know? Like it's so hard to unravel that to go that deep and think about these things. So like once you do think about it, it's like Jimmy Neutron getting a brain blast. <laughs> You're like, holy Dude, shit. Last night was Seriously. a fucking brain blast. Yo. I almost, I should have been wearing a diaper watching that documentary. <laughs> I was like, so not okay. You're like, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. Wait, what? And you think about these things and then like it, it's like, holy shit, well, what about this, this, this? And then you start going a thousand miles per hour. And that's how I always feel when I start talking about this. I'm like, there's so much to cover and mm-hmm. there's this and that. And I'm like, where, where, where do I go? Where do I begin? So, I mean, it, it's always good to get it out though. Mm-hmm. Like some people, they take little mental breaks. I've done that. Um, you know, some people are on top of it nonstop. Me personally, like I need, I need this. I need to vent, get it out, talk. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'll do a little break and then I see the coverage. But Especially after this, after this documentary, I'm telling you, that was crazy explosion of emotions, right? Fireworks of emotions. I still feel some type of way about making you watch it, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I needed it. Was it a and, good thing? Yeah. I okay. Say, okay. I, can I say something that okay, I think good. was kind of cool. I think it was as even though I'm really, I feel really badly that. We made your mom cry last night. I think it's really cool. I feel so bad about no, but that. I feel bad about that. Asshole. But I think it's really <laughs> I think it's really cool that you got to watch that with your mom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like that for you had to be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like interesting. You know what was was really cool and I was I was saying this before with like her like teaching me these things. It's like she would be the driving force like, "Oh, there's the African American Museum. We got to go." Like like she, she has done some crazy things to go to the African American Museum in D.C. Like we didn't have a ticket, and she literally just waited there, and the guy was like, "All right, just go in." Mm-hmm. Like she was like that into it. She loves all the black movies, all the historical black movies. She dies for those because mm-hmm. she wants to see the representation. She wants to have me learn. So for me to be like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch this movie," and she's like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't see that yet." To be like. Not the one to put it on, put her on, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I was like, "All right, let's watch it." Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a, it was like a big step. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, honestly, it's good that you caught that though, because mm-hmm. like thinking about it, it's just like, wow. Yeah. You know, us watching it together left us speechless at yeah. the end. Well, because you're living through it right now. She lived through even more of it that was shown in that movie, yeah. like such a, a the whole other time period, and like watching that together, it's just mm-hmm. like putting it all in one. Delivering it in one bite must have been insane. I've always felt also that, um, you know, my family, 
like I, I would feel it more if my family had deeper roots in America mm-hmm. because I'm actually first generation. So my dad was born in Guyana and my mom was born in England. She, they, she came over around what in the, in the sixties. So mm-hmm. she experienced all that, but like, I'm like my family, all Guyanese. Right. So like you think about Guyana and then have ha, the comparison to have like my family from there instead of being like deep south mm-hmm. slavery roots i think is a huge difference too mm-hmm. is a huge difference at least for me that's interesting so i feel like i would feel it more if yeah, i, you, if, you my like more came, if my family came from those deep deep roots mm-hmm. all my family's from guyana you know so I feel like that's like the the slight difference, but mm-hmm. I mean, when you see when you see your people going through yeah. this, you feel it. Yeah, and like I said, it's like you're a family. Mm-hmm. So, what has um, because I know that, for example, my father, who was a well intentioned man, he said that he he called me and he he was like, oh, I, I actually feel really bad. And I was like, oh, what's going on? And he's like, oh, well, I volunteered a soup kitchen and there's a black man that I work with. And we've gotten really close and we go for bike rides and we talk about this stuff. And I was talking to him about it and it inspired him to like continue having the conversation similar in a way that like we talked JJ and Jordan. And I was like, and then you reached out and I was like, I want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. So my dad reached out to a friend of his who we've had, he's had like on and off throughout the years and like just called him out of the blue and was just like, Hey man, like, how are you doing with everything? Right. And the guy was just like, like my dad said he like really caught the guy off guard Mm -hmm. and like he wasn't like ready to like speak about it and my dad was like i need to like send this man like i just feel so terrible i i feel like i like really put this man on the spot so for curious white people i guess like should we be reaching out to i guess know the temperature or i personally loved everyone that reached out to me Mm. I was very grateful to have the friends that I have and the family just checking in because for some people, they might not realize how draining it is, but that's like the word I use over and over. It is just very draining. It's like it keeps happening. Like, <laughs> what's that noise? It's Jasmine. Oh, <laughs> like Jasmine's what? It was Jasmine. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, what's that? What's that? (laughs) Y'all ain't telling me this place was possessed. (laughs) I was like, what's in my life? But, um, yeah, it's just very tiring. So, like, anyone that reached out to me and we had, like, great conversations, I personally thought that was the best thing, Mm. you know? And this, this right now is helping me as well. So, I know some people, um, I saw um, someone mentioned like they didn't want to be a white whisperer, like someone that's like a, that that black person to explain mm-hmm. over and over to white people. I don't care, man. Mm-hmm. I'll tell my story. I'll tell my personal experiences. I'll do that over and over if I have to. If you want to know, you're seeking me for for the education. I'm gonna take you up on it, you know. And I appreciate that that you want to learn. So. I mean, I, I really don't mind people reaching out and yeah. 
you know. I guess it's worth the risk for someone reaching out to other people for them to not want to explain to them just to try to still keep trying to learn, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. worth that risk of that person not wanting to have to explain it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do we want to go? We want to keep going? How you feeling? How you feeling? We covered a lot. We, we did cover a lot. We Oof. Um, We're at um, 90 minutes. We're at 90 minutes, Frankie? Yeah, 90. Wow. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I damn that hour and thirty two minutes. Um, I could keep going with this I stuff, but I don't want to. Do, do you mind if we keep prying? I mean, if you guys want to keep going, I don't. I don't know if you guys have time limits or <laughs> we don't really give a shit. We don't about give that. a shit. <laughs> then yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. What has the conversations been like? in like your family i had a question but it's i i think it's just going to be a deep question (laughs) you were nervous to get (laughs) i was like do i want to like so do we have no okay i felt like we were like wrapping up and then i was like do i really want to like dig here no within the family within the family um and like amongst like black your your guy friends and your black guy friends like yeah i'm not like i talked to joe about this and that's it (laughs) like i don't have a bunch of white friends and i'm like is everyone fucking listening to stuff like i feel like as you said like you're a community you're so close like it's it's draining it's more like We've i've been, cried a bunch like yeah, i can't yeah. imagine what you guys have been going through it's it's weird how we all cope with it right like there was a couple of days and i don't know if my girl even noticed but like i was just like off i was weird i was just like you know quiet or like maybe more um sassy than i usually am you know and Short that covered. and that was sassy <laughs> <laughs> so word she describes me as and just that, that shit's ingrained now <laughs> but, six um, two two twenty and sassy <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah like we've been we've been checking on each other um we kind of like hype each other up i've i've done and i'm just like yes like this is what they need to see and like I love this piece, or I love this, and um, you know, just making sure we're all we're all dealing with it with with however however we can, right? So, you know, within the family, my brother asks like, you know, how are you doing, and um, you know, I ask the same thing, and we we're both now it's a big topic now too. We 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 both miss basketball, mm-hmm. um, and honestly. I do feel that Kyrie is kind of right of it coming back and being a distraction because we kind of, I haven't followed sports at all as Kyrie come out and said, but yeah, so they're bring, they're thinking about bringing the NBA back and Kyrie's like kind of on driving this boat of like, we shouldn't bring it back until because we have this movement going on right now and it'll distract people. And my brother and I have both said like, we miss we miss basketball because we kind of, sometimes you need that Release, distraction. Yeah. yeah. Because I feel like maybe after this, and I could be wrong, um, you know, this always will be in the back of our mind, especially after seeing them. Never going away. The rest no, of the life. Never, never, never going, going away. away. Especially after that, you know? So you can distract us as much as possible, but we will always have this in our head, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And I think this whole thing has been more of a having having to get it in a person that's not black their head you know i think that's the that's been like the main goal for them just to understand and keep that in their mind before you know they judge someone or interact a certain way you know 
always have that in their mind of where we came from and what this country has done to us and that shaping who we are, how we are, where we live and not just disposing us or dehumanizing us in the end of knowing mm -hmm. that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's like the, been like the main goal of getting people just to understand and having that change. Mm. But the community as a whole, you know, I, I've talked to one of my friends and she's been on and off, you know, uh, just took a break from it all. I'm like, I, I totally understand, you know? Yeah. And, um, I was trying to get my hair done. There you go. Texted, texted my hairdresser. She's like, got a lot going on. I'm like, I totally understand. So, you know, most people, they just deal with it in their own way. You yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. Very true. Well, I just wanted to ask that question. We can go. That was a good question, yeah. I think. That no. was a good question, I think, to even end on if you want yeah. to end. Yeah, I, yeah, I, th I, I did want to ask that. I didn't have much more, but I did want to ask that question. So thank you for yeah, that was answering. Of course, of course. Um, I am so glad you came on. I'm very glad you came on. Today, dude. It was emotional. I yeah. I felt like we were close, and now I feel connected Dude. to you i'm gonna we're gonna be friends and like till we're fucking old bro. Like, I love you. like i said man i knew i was coming on this show <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys couldn't keep me away from it for too long <laughs> i said in november yeah, i was like i'm coming on the show <laughs> and you were dressed a lot better than you I are did, now <laughs> I, I actually did speak to you about freestyling you were trying to do that music you're trying to do like a music segment about freestyle. Oh, and you, you were, were gonna like, do the improv, the musical improv. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I talked yeah. to you about that. Yeah, and I was like, oh, so I'm, I guess I'm gonna be on the show soon, <laughs> dude. Because that but, was the weekend we were hanging with Missy and Monzi, and you brought it up. So you must have been oh, pumped was, up. Dylan does this thing where he thinks of a thing and he gets so <laughs> jacked up about it. Yeah. So he definitely. I'm learning now. I need to it. tune it back a little bit, okay? <laughs> and come in at a more level dude, this, place this, this to one get time, people to learn. This one time, Dylan read a book on PTSD. <laughs> Yeah. Yo, oh, no. Dylan read this book oh, on no. PTSD and straight up called me and goes, bro, we have to turn the whole podcast around. We <laughs> because have to it was, base it was, our whole podcast around at PTSD. The time, it shocked me as much as this. I am more brain blast. I am personally <laughs> I like attached to this issue more, but like it seemed so I read it and I was like, holy yeah. This is the future right here. Third, yeah. eye, third eye opened. Yeah. He's like, scrap, scrap outrageous fun. <laughs> and I literally was like, dude, we're turning the podcast into a podcast about trauma. And he was like, bro, <laughs> Lock no. It Lock up, it up, bro. Up, dude. I was like, I just woke up, dude. What are you doing right now? Like, chill out. All right. Kid, it's crazy. Let's go God. outside, get some fresh yeah. air. Yes. If you're still with us, we thank you so much. Yes. Please share this with a friend. Share this with yeah. a friend. We won't. I hope this encourages you to have these again. I hope this encourages you to have these conversations. And this talk to your parents about this shit. Like, yeah, for real. You gotta that be uncomfortable with the people you love. Yeah, because that's where it starts, man. The household and the family. Mm -hmm. Hundred you know? percent. Reach out to your friends. Ask them questions. Keep trying and, to learn. And thank, listen. Thank you, beautiful men, <laughs> of inviting me on this show. It is honestly a pleasure. I got all dressed up. I'm like, yo, I feel like I'm official now. <laughs> You, look <laughs> you you gave me the best compliment anybody's ever given me in my whole life today. <laughs> yeah. not, I don't think the audience deserves to hear that compliment, but I will never forget that. I might get a tattoo with that compliment, resembling that compliment, like on my knee or some shit. I don't even know. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. My God. All right. Oh, love, man, you all. love you all. Love you Later. Mm. That was awesome, man. That was great.